Come on, let's give God praise wherever you are right now. Give God some praise, make some noise, and thank Him. There's another in the fire with you. And those little boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked around the fire. Somebody needs to take a lap in your fire because you're not meant to sit there in the fire and, and complain about how you're in the furnace, but you're meant to walk through the fire, come out of the fire, not even smelling like fire, nothing on you singed in the fire because even in the midst of your storm and your test and your fire, you begin to walk around. And when they walked around, there was another in the midst. There was another that was with them because they weren't sitting still they weren't were keeping their mouth shut they continued to pray they continued to praise God and as they did he was with them in the fire I believe with all my heart that if they would have ceased their praise to God in the fire he would have ceased to be with them but he had the because the Bible says I've got to I don't know about you but I, I gotta believe what the Bible says and the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people and so even in the fire as they sang he inhabited the praises of his people who are called by his name created in his image and he walked with them in the fire even in the midst of your test you need to praise God you must worship in your home you must sing out loud you must begin to cry out and pray you cannot remain silent in your job you cannot remain silent with your family if you can't worship whether you're home alone or whether you're home with your family if you can't worship with them you'll never have a good place to worship you need to establish your home as a place and a house of worship Lord we thank you you're gonna do a great work you're gonna do a great work you're gonna do a great work and I'm so excited for the great work that you're going to do I want you to stay standing in fact if you're not standing and you can go ahead and stay go ahead and stand with me stand with me as I read the Word of God because uh, while we can't give it up and clap and get excited we're all together in the same place we can still give reverence for the Word so you may be in your pajamas you may be in the kitchen there may be noise you, you may be in the bathroom, hopefully coming out of the bathroom. Wherever you're at, let's stand and let's give reverence to the Word. Luke chapter 7 and verse 11. It says this, now it happened. Everybody say, now it happened. I, I almost titled the whole sermon that right there. Now it happened. The day after that he went into the city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd I want you to underline that and then I want you to say procession. procession he had a big procession with him and then it says this and he came near the gate of the city behold a dead man was being carried out the only son of his mother and she was a widow and a large crowd from the city was with her everybody say procession, procession. then it says this when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said to her, do not weep. Somebody's mourning is about to turn for joy. Somebody's sorrow is about to turn for joy. You're about to dance today where you once were weeping yesterday. But he says this, he says, then he came and touched, oh, touched the open coffin. 
Well, in another uh, uh, gospel, it says the bearer of the coffin, the corner of the coffin. The cornerstone touched the corner. The, the, the builder, the builder spoke, the builder is the one who touched the one that was about to bury. And, and he touched the corner and, and, and he touched and all of a sudden the cornerstone made a difference. And then he says this, after he touched it and those who carried it stood still, he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Come on, somebody type right now in those comments, arise in all cap letters, arise, arise, arise. We just celebrated Resurrection Sunday. And after his resurrection, he then went and he visited and he had a procession time where he went and visited all those who were mourning over his loss, almost 500 people. And he continued to appear to them, walk through walls to them and doors to them, on the shore to them. He went down the road with them and he told them, arise. So he, who was dead, sat up and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all. And they glorified God saying, a great prophet has risen up among us. And God has visited his people. It's a powerful, powerful part right there. God has visited his people. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus wants to visit your home today. That Jesus wants to visit you today. That Jesus wants to show up for you today in a powerful way. And this report about him went through all Judea and the surrounding region. Lord, we thank you that this report is going to go from here to all around this northern Arizona, all around this state, all around this nation. Lord, we thank you that this good report is going to go from here because many have been risen with Christ. Many have been made alive. Many have been transformed. Many have been forgiven. Many have been set free. Many, God, Lord, have been touched by the Savior. And I thank you, God, Lord, that your word is going to then transform lives by the thousands because it's going to go from here to all the land, to all the land. And I pray today, God, Lord, that there would be many who are ready to receive this good word, ready for you to touch their life. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us today. Speak to us your truth. And Lord, I pray that you'd anoint me to accomplish the assignment you have me on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God some praise. Get ready for the word. You may be seated. I want you to get ready, get your notebook out, get your Bible out wherever you are. God wants to speak some incredible truth to you. I need you locked in with me. I want you to tag somebody right now. I want you to go ahead and share this six, seven, 20 times. Share it over and over and over again uh, because we're reaching people's lives. And I'm going to share more about the praise reports uh, today with you. Some incredible things that God has done and the things he is going to do. Because that's always the precursor. If you know what he has done... 
you know what he can do. And I may not know all the details of what he will do, but I know that he can. And I know that he is able. If you know that God is able, somebody said amen. amen. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly be above and beyond all we could ask. Isn't that what we preached on on Wednesday night? That's what I want to, I want to talk to you about going beyond because God, I had a whole message set up uh, for today and God flipped the script and he said, no, I want you to preach this. And it wasn't necessarily that he changed it as much as he grew it and he added on to it. And it became from one message to multiple messages. So in the next couple weeks, I'm going to try to accomplish what God has spoken to me to speak through me. And so I want you to lock in with me. I don't want you to tune out because it's not Easter Sunday anymore. I want you to tune in and I want you to get ready for those who are just now joining us. Hopefully you'll rewind later listen to all the worship and then get ready to listen to the word and receive all that God has for you because we don't need to be distracted right now. We need to be focused on what God has for us, but I want you to get the whole entirety of this message today because when Jesus, uh, when we talked about on, on Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, we talked about how to not remain at the cross, but remember the cross. And then we talked about how not to live in the tomb, but it was just meant to be leased. And so we're, we're meant to leave the tomb and we're not meant to stay in there. We're not meant to uh, uh, dwell in there. We're not meant to get stuck. And so we're meant to leave those and be resurrected with Christ in heavenly places. And that's, that's the heart that God wanted me to continue on because I feel like some some people got one foot unstuck and some people got like part unstuck and some people are getting unstuck and look baby we have patience for you we were there too it took Lazarus multiple steps to get out of the tomb we're in no rush I want to help you in the process of getting unstuck and getting out of the place where you have been trapped in I feel like even just this quarantine time we feel the the, the oppression of the enemy making us feel more trapped than ever and, and it caused causes us to feel like we the flight or fight syndrome where we're either going to fight and get angry or we're going to flee and quit and 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 God is not calling you to do either he will fight our battles you cannot quit he will bring you through this God you will you won't just survive you'll thrive through this and if you rest in him you're going to see God turn it for your good but but we've got to love him first and so I, God wanted me to continue and and go a little bit further so so somebody say go on preacher because I want to keep going a little bit further into this message and speak into the depths of who you are. Because when we read about this, we read about some very real issues. We read about a woman who is a widow who lost her only son, the only heir to what she could give. And in that culture, if you lost your husband, because this was a man, masculine driven society, if you lost your husband and you lost your only boy, even if you had girls left, everything you owned was then up for grabs for every other man in your community. So now you would become a beggar or you would become, or you would then be transferred to, and I know that sounds rough, you would be transferred to another uh, man's home. So there were a few, a couple options, but very limited and none of them good. And most of your stuff, people could walk right in and say, oh, I want that. Oh, I'll take that. Oh, I'll take this. Wow. And so this was a very real, uh, uh, painful moment 
that this lady's not just watching her uh, as her husband has died and now her burying her son, but everybody taking everything she had that once was hers. And, and in this moment, I think we all can relate that we've had loss and tragedy and we feel like things are being taken from us and we don't know what to do because everybody thinks that that's mine and it's really, uh, and, and we're, we're, we're out without words. And all we know how to do is cry. And some of you, all you've been doing is crying and this roller coaster of emotion, but yet you don't cry in front of everybody. You, it's only the tears that God sees at 3 a.m. And you're the only one who knows that you've been crying alone and hoping that somebody would, would reach out and pray for you and love you and let you know, hey, I'm here for you. And Jesus shows up and he shows up to Nain. And the Bible says, now it happened. I love that because not, not hey, soon, not uh, eventually, not, no, now it happened. Now, now your life is about to change. Now Jesus shows up. Right when? Now, in the perfect moment, right in the perfect timing, right when you thought it was over, right when you had finally just given up hope. It says, now it happened. And so in the perfect timing of God, right when you feel you're at your breaking point, God's at his turning point, and he's here to tell you, I'm here now. I'm showing up for you now because I couldn't come too early. I needed this moment that you thought was a setback is really a setup. And I'm here to show up for you because I'm here now because now it happened. Oh, I'm ready to preach today. You, you quarantine a pastor for multiple days and he's going to study so much he's going to blow up his head. I, I've got so much in me and in my heart. Now it happened. And I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of things that I've prayed for and I've waited for and I've hoped for and I've longed for. And the Bible says in my hope and in my longing and in my prayers, the Bible says that Jesus said, now it happens. No, no, not later. Now. And he showed up to Nain. And when he showed up to Nain, what was so powerful about that, and I'm going to juxtapose or tie in a conjoined two scriptures for you that'll make a lot of sense here in a second is Nain was the same territory as the Shunammite woman in Kings where we see Elijah give a woman a boy the boy dies and he raises him back to life and so Jesus shows up in the same territory that Elijah had done that and when he go when he shows up and of course we hear that we know he raises the boy from the dead when he shows up that's why they say didn't you remember right here just a few verses down it says that uh, apparently God has risen up a great prophet among us because they knew what had taken place there before so they already we're aware of things that maybe we're not aware to us. When you read this scripture as a Gentile, as an American, as someone who just looks into the word and sees one, one level of surface value, let me just tell you, Jesus didn't accidentally show up in this territory. It was on purpose. Jesus didn't show up to Flagstaff by accident. This isn't happening by accident. Everything happens on purpose and God is saying, it's okay. I'm going to work it for your good. I know it's dark. I know it's difficult. I know there's despair. I know there's a lot of weeping and mourning, but I'm showing up. And when I show up, everything changes because I am showing up on time and on purpose. And, and, and he shows up to this place. And that's why they say, oh my gosh, there's surely this is a great prophet that God has risen up for us. This is amazing. 
And so they're all astounded, but he shows up with this huge crowd. Because I want to paint a picture for you. All of us think that Jesus usually just had him in the 12, or maybe just him in a handful, or maybe just him sometimes. But Jesus was there with all his disciples, and he had a massive procession. Most of you think of a procession, you think of a wedding. But this procession means one of the Webster's definitions, and I'll share both of them with you today, not the second one till later. But the first one, it means to move forward. From So Jesus was moving forward from towards the finishing line. And so as he's doing that, he had just come from healing the multitudes. He had just come from doing great teachings. You remember the centurion? The centurion who had great faith. And he said, I've never seen such great faith because the centurion said, all you need to do, Jesus, is send your word. And his child was healed. That same centurion was right before this. So now Jesus has this massive crowd and they're all excited. Can you imagine a party crowd? This is a party procession and so they're all following him they're excited and have you ever walked in the wrong the room with the wrong energy and you were all happy but you're like okay, what is going on why, why is everybody we were all why why are you listen debbie downer we're all excited we're and they come in super happy huge procession and we know that they have a procession too they have a procession full of people from the city. So let me just, before we get into that, let me just talk to you. This young, uh, this woman lost her husband, lost her son. And when he lost her son or when she lost her son, she, she felt like she lost everything. And Jesus shows up and, 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 and as they're getting ready to near the gate or what we would call the threshold, a new chapter, a new season, a new, as they began to enter the gate, the new direction, new threshold of things, Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, he walks up. And I wonder how Jesus walked, because he knows what's about to happen. You ever wonder how like Jesus' expressions, am I just the only one? I, I imagine Jesus' expressions like, oh yeah, yeah. Because first he walks up and he's consoling and he has total compassion because Jesus has a heart. That's, let me just tell you, let me just give you some extra. Next week I'm going to teach more on this. But that's why you don't need to be led just by your heart. You need to be led by your head because Jesus is the one who responds with his heart to what you're going through. But when you just only respond with your emotions and your heart, it's going to be difficult because then when you face the enemy, he's not going to show compassion on you because you're going to respond with what you feel rather than what you know. And Jesus didn't respond with what he felt he responded with what he knew because the bible says that it is written it is written not it is felt and so you as a believer have to walk in what it is written in not in what is felt in because you're going to go through your emotions but the devil doesn't have a heart so he cannot show compassion on you so when he see when you encounter jesus though and you're in your misery and you're in your discomfort and you're in your pain and your sorrow jesus can because that's where love began and he says, I had compassion. So he walks up to the woman and he says, don't weep anymore. Don't weep anymore. It's okay. You don't have to weep. Don't weep anymore. Why would, why would he tell her that first? Why would he say, 
do not weep before he knows what he, he knows he's going to raise him from the dead. But why would he tell her, do not weep first? Why wouldn't he raise him first and say, now you can stop crying, honey? Because sometimes what God is trying to do is to get our feelings in alignment. Again, our heart in alignment with what we know. So I'm not run by my feelings anymore. Even though I see something, I'm going to live by what I know and what I heard and who's in front of me because my Savior stands before me declaring all truth and authority authority and power in heaven and earth and he's saying i'm here now is the time and he he shows up to this young man we'll call this young man jack this young man jack is in the box in fact let's that's the title of my message today jack in the box jack is in the box jack is jack is dead he little jack the bible doesn't give him a name so i'm just going to be free and take some liberty here but Jack is in the box, and, and Jesus walks over to, to this coffin, and he gets ready to touch the edge. But can I just talk about the, the box for a little bit? Because this box represented death. This box represented limitations. This box represented you can't go any further. Just like the tomb that Jesus was buried in, we've got you now. You're not going to go any further. You're not going to do any more. You're not going to live at your fullest. We're going to trap you and we're, we're going to limit you. Because sometimes we think that barriers are good, but barriers are good until they remain. Because barriers remained in is where a box turns into a burial place. Because I haven't taken the lid off. At some point, even an incubator needs to open up and release what has been growing. Because anything that grows needs to continue to expand but the lid that's been on you has been left too long and so the lid that has been left on him of limitation says you cannot grow you cannot go and so the limitations that we have I wonder if anybody has been living in a place of limitation a place where every, not just your government and, and our governor and our mayor are saying you can't but how many have limited your faith how many have limited your praise how many have boxed in your life and said oh it all just needs to be compartmentalized in here this is where I put everything if it fits in here it could be a part of my life because everything in my life goes in a box but if the box left unattended the box will become your tombstone the box will become your casket and your coffin because I'm not meant to put all of what God has for me in my little box. Hey, preacher, you know, if you could just bring a good, inspiring word for me, you know, that's what I need today. If you, hey, preacher, you know, I like this part of the Bible. Hey, if they'll sing the right song, you know, and it fits in my box, then I'll, I, I can fill my little box here. And I, if it fits in here, that's good. And you're going to satisfy me and I'll just keep it right here. But some of us, that can I speak to you? That's why you, you don't really raise your hands when you come to church is because it doesn't, it's outside of the box. It, 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 I, it will, if I'd have to take the lid off, if I'd have to show people, I'd have to really take the limits off and, and really uh, the restrictions off. I'd have to reach my little hand out of my box and say, I'm alive. And, and, and all of a sudden I'd have to do more than what I was comfortable with. And so we, we, but we like life in the box and we, we put limitations or we allow limitations to be put on us and says, you know, you need to stay. 
Hey, preacher, don't preach about money because it doesn't fit in my box. Hey, preacher, don't, don't talk about conviction because it, it, it doesn't really fit in this box for me. Hey, hey preacher, I, I need you to just make me feel good so when I go home, I can still live in my little box. Because when I, the other side of this is I want it all to fit in here so when I can take this, I can shut the lid on everything that God did for me. I can walk out and I can just stuff it away. And then that way when I'm ready for Jesus again, I'll bring it back to Jesus and say, Jesus, you can do whatever you want within this limit. And I, and I live in the limitations of my own coffin. I think it's the barriers of my protection, but it's actually the burial ground of my potential. And I, I, I allow myself to bring limits where God meant to take the limits off. Somebody say, take the lid off. Come on, somebody say, take the lid off, preacher. I, I, but I like the, I like my, I like my little box and I like my, I, I like how I live because everything fits neatly inside of here. And, oh, can I talk about the church? Is it okay if I talk about the church for a little bit? Can I bring this cute little church to the forefront and this cute little box that we said Christianity looks like this and church should only look like this. And if it doesn't look like this, then it doesn't fit in my life. And if it doesn't fit in this, then I don't have room for it in my life because my church ought to fit in my little box of church. I have a cute little box called church. And if it belongs in there, if it could fit in there, then it can belong in there. But if it fits out, if it looks different, if it's on a stream, if I have to worship at home, if I have to get out of my pajamas and wake up early, if I've got to pray, if I've got to worship, if I've got to sing out loud, if I've got to speak in tongues and prophesy, if I've got to actually live it out, walk it out. Oh, no, no, no. Stay in the box, church. Don't get out. The church has left the building on purpose because God, I would smash this little box right now, but my wife would kill me. This beautiful decorative box is a church, but it also paints a picture of how we like to keep order in our life. I, I, and the thing is, we call it order, but it's really control. And I, the more I control is because the more I fear that things might be out of control. And, and because I fear that things might get out of control, therefore I try to control more. And so the vicious cycle continues. And where I thought I was alleviating pressure and stress, I'm actually causing more in my life because I want things in my little box. Can I, can I move on from the church? I've talked about you and I've talked about the church and can I talk about God? Can I talk about God in the box? Can I talk about how, how we treat God in the box? At, not, at, not as people as like unbelievers or atheists who say, oh, God's not real. God is this. God is that. God can't do this. God can't do this. God does this. And God, God doesn't do miracle signs in one. No, I'm going to talk to the Christians. I'm going to talk to the people who call themselves believers. And we come to worship and we, 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 we treat God like this little box. Do you know what this little box is? Oh God, I'm here on Sunday. Oh, it was all hell all week. And thank God I could be here at church on Sunday. I'm going to give you some praise and thank you, God, for what you're going to do. And we treat God like this jack-in-the-box of like, if I praise, oh God, I, I need to praise you because I need you right now. Oh God, I need to worship because I need you right now. Oh God, oh, hey, I, if, if I give a little in church, I, it's because I need you right now. Oh, no, 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 God, because I like to do this. I want to put you back where you belong because this is just for church. 
This isn't for life. This is just so I can keep you where I want you. Because I just, I'm only going to ring you when I need you. Because you're my jack in the box. And my jack-in-the-box is only there when I choose to wind him up like a vending machine and say, okay, God, I want to treat you like I've always thought of you, like a jack-in-the-box that pops out only when I want you there. But God is not in our box. He doesn't fit in our denomination. He doesn't fit in your perspective. He's not here like that. He can't be boxed in. He says, I, oh, he will. He says this. He says, you know what? Guess what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shock some people today. He's not from Arizona. Dear God, what? God is not white either. Can I go a little further and break some boxes today? God is not man. God is not woman. Let's go a little. God is not Republican. I I can't fit God in my little Republican box. I can't fit God in my little Democrat box. I can't fit God in my liberal box, in my, my, my conservative box. I can't fit God in my box because he's not my jack in the box. He's the creator of heaven and earth. And he is not belong in a box, can't live in a box, will not remain in a box. Because my God is all in all, working through all, for all. And you can't wind me up. You can't wind me up and get what you want. That's not how I work. I am not your jack in the box. Oh, Lord, I I still got more to preach, so sit down and get ready. Because I'm here to tell you that, that God is not fit in your box, and you are not meant to live in that box because you were meant to come out of the grave. You were meant to come out of that burial ground. You were meant to come out of your sin, come out of your shame, come out of your trespasses. But but because we, it doesn't fit in our box, take the lid off. It's time for the lid to come off of your box. It's time for the lid to come off of your family. It's time for the lid to come off of your praise it's time for the lid to come off of your sorrow come off of your shame come off of all the things that the enemy says i'm nailing you in and every pound i wish you could hear this every pound of a nail around the edge of your coffin says you're never getting out of here but i know my savior was nailed with three nails too and nails couldn't hold him down and nails won't hold you down because you are not meant to be dwelt in a box called said this is your christianity box this is your family box life is not meant to be lived in a box with barriers you are meant to shatter barriers you are meant to become all that Christ has for you and you can't do it in a box you can't live it in a box you can't put God in a box anymore you can't say oh church looks like this and church must be like this church has to sound like this church has to feel like this church has to be like this oh my my business has to be like this look like this feel oh I, I only show up to church on these days and those oh I only come to God when I need him so I can wind him up again and get what I want out of him no 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 God doesn't respond that way if you haven't learned it already he doesn't respond to your chaos as his concern because your chaos needs to settle down a little bit so you understand that God isn't just a vending machine that you can come to you in your drama and he can fix all your drama over and over again don't abuse grace and don't forsake the grace because there's a procession coming that's going to change everything because listen the second meaning of procession is this it astounded me Josh 
It means moving forward from, but in Webster's Dictionary, you can look it up. Procession also means, it, it, it means the coming of the Holy Spirit. That, that's what it means. It means the bringing forth of the Holy Spirit. That's what procession means. Oh, can somebody hear what a marriage should look like now? The coming of the bride, the coming of the Holy Spirit, that they two should become one. And I, I could preach all day on it, but there's a procession coming. And this procession is full of life. This procession is full of hope. This procession is full of miracles, signs, and wonders, and the authority of God in the earth. This procession is full of joy. But this procession collides with another procession. And the procession of faith collides with the procession of the funeral. And the two collide. And the one wins because faith always trumps the funeral. Grace always trumps the grave. Joy always trumps what the enemy is trying to do to hold you down and keep you oppressed. Because these processions will collide. And when they collide, will you let grace win? Will you let Jesus touch the coffin? Because when he touched the coffin, he came up out. And when he came up out, the Bible says that Jesus and him had a conversation. Raise your hand wherever you are if you'd have loved. They didn't write it down. But if you'd love to know what that conversation was like. I think I actually know it. You want me to tell you? You want me to tell you? Okay. This is what I think. Remember when I said that if you were a woman and you lost your husband and your only male heir, everybody had the opportunity to come and take whatever they want. So this young man, when he sat up out of the coffin, Josh, would have looked out and seen people wearing his clothes, would have seen him wearing his shoes, would have seen a woman walking off with his mother's pots and vessels would have seen how his house had been stripped of everything it was and everybody's carrying something off. And then the crowd, the Bible says that the crowd had great fear. I think I know why. Because now that he's back, he can take back everything that the enemy had taken from him. I think when Jesus had a conversation with him, and the processions had collided, the procession of faith had come in, the procession of the Holy Spirit, the procession of grace. He sat up out of the coffin and said, devil, what you took from me is coming back to me. You can't have it anymore. I want my shoes back. I want my clothes back. I want my house back. I want my marriage back. I want my family back. I want all of it back because I get it all back now that he's brought me back to life. Somebody give God some praise in this place and wherever you are. Come on, 30 seconds of praise. Because when the processions collide, faith always wins. When the processions collide, Jack comes to life. When the processions collide, new life is birthed. 
when, when processions collide, when the Holy Spirit enters in with all authority and is ushered into, the, into your life, that's when all power in heaven and earth comes back. And whatever the enemy has taken from you, if he's stolen joy in this time, it's coming back. If he's stolen your peace in this time, tell him it's coming back. If he's taken your children right now, tell him my kids are coming back to the Lord. If he's taken your marriage, tell him I want it back because Christ, the procession of faith, has entered into my life life he showed up and now it happens that he shows up in my life because this is the procession that collides it it can't help but collide he wanted he intended for the collision he wanted death to come towards him he needed sorrow to come at him he needed the pain to come will you allow jesus to get to the corner of your pain and let him touch that area because when they moved and they let him touch that's when the collision took place and he said now death will become life sorrow will become joy mourning will become dancing the party that i brought you get to join in because we're all dancing now we're all celebrating now i don't need my coffin anymore I'm not in my box anymore. I'm not treating God like my jack-in-the-box anymore. I'm living with all authority in heaven and earth with the procession of the Holy Spirit proceeding into my life. Isn't that what he did with all of his disciples and though he ministered to? Is when they were mourning and they were out giving up fishing and they were out walking and quitting and going towards Emmaus, Jesus showed up with all authority and power and he walked through the door to talk to Thomas. He walked out to the shore to talk to their sorrow and he walked out on that road of Emmaus and he spoke faith and hope and life in them because he said the procession of the Holy Spirit has come to collide with what you've been fighting, with what you've been coming against and when you allow him to collide with what's battling you, he's going to win every time because this collision was meant to happen. This collision needs to happen. Don't look at it as a negative. You you were marching in sorrow and you almost got mad that this whole group came in happy. You, you, you sometimes in your misery, you're mad that other people are smiling, but God is trying to cause a collision in your life where he's sending people into your life that are happy and full of joy and full of peace and full of life. Someone who can fight for you. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to pick myself. I'm helping fight for you and collide with you to say there is hope. There is life. There is passion. There is energy. I'm not preaching to a full room, but I'm preaching to the fullness of the Holy Spirit in my life. And you need to hear it every word of it because there's a collision that's going to take place with all your dysfunction, with all your limitations, with all the enemy has put on you, with all the world has put on you, and with all you've allowed to confine you. And you thought it was protecting you, but it's actually burying you. And Jesus is colliding with your burial to build you into who he's created you to be. He, He doesn't want to allow you to get all the way to the burial site and say it's finished. He's stopping you before you get too far. And he's saying, hey, you need to come back to life. There's some things the enemy has taken from you and you've, you've let him take it from you. I'm gonna raise you to life so you could take it back. You can take back authority. You could take back passion. 
You can take back. Some of you have already given up on your marriage. It's, it's already in the burial box. It's already nailed in the coffin. And you said, it's just done. There's no coming back from this. And God said, are you joking? Let me touch the point of your pain so that I can make it a place of promise. But I need you to let me touch it and collide with what you feel to what I know. Because again, it's not about living by right here. It's about living by what it is written in. And it is written that he is the healer. He is the deliverer. He is my savior. He is my great physician. He is my counselor. He is my am. He is my everything, my all in all. And all I need is to call on Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus wherever you are. Somebody shout, I need Jesus right now. I need Jesus to collide with my life. And I'm going to talk about this more even next week. I'm going to talk about a collisional path that you're on. I'm going to talk about a collision path that you're on that Christ is showing up maybe just one time. Maybe you're just here one time. You've only tuned in one time and you're wondering why you even clicked on this stream right now. And I'm here to tell you it's because God is ready to collide with your life and consume your life and over and, and pour over you the grace and the fullness of faith in your life so that you might be covered in mercy in your life. That's why you're clicked. That's why you're here. Because God wants to collide with you. We thought this was by accident. We thought it was by chance. We thought it was by coincidence. No, no, no. You're not here by coincidence. You're not tuning in by coincidence. You're here on purpose. You're here for a mission. You're here to collide. And God, I pray, burns the box. I pray that we will never be the same. I pray church will never be the same. I pray church will never be the same. Church will never be the same. Church will never be the same. We won't fit in that box, and we're going to stop treating Jesus like our jack-in-the-box to say, God, I'll wind you up when I need you. No, 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 no. God is going to collide with everything you thought you were, everything you thought he was, everything you thought, and you had boxed it all in the compartments of control, and God's saying, I'm breaking down the barriers and I'm building bridges where you built walls and I'm taking off the limits where you nailed it shut over you. I am breaking the limits off of you. I'm colliding with your life. And let the collision of grace happen in your life. Let the collision of faith happen in your life. Lord, in Jesus' name, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes wherever you are. I want to pray for you, and then I'm going to give an opportunity for anybody to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, right now, there are some who have boxed and compartmentalized and put lids on their life. And Lord, they've compartmentalized their family. They've boxed it in. They've compartmentalized their children. They've boxed it in. They've compartmentalized and barriered and put lids on their potential and their future and their life and their happiness and their joy. They put limits on you. They put limits on what you could do through them. They put limits on their praise. They put limits on their worship. They put limits on their giving. They put limits on their understanding. They put 
put limits on their revelation. They put limits on where you are trying to take lids off. And Lord, I thank you that the lid is coming off. And somebody just begin to pray that right now. The lid is coming off. Some of you who felt like I've been trapped. I've been confined. I, I don't know how to get out of here. Jesus saying I'm coming with a crowbar and I'm getting you out of that burial. I'm getting you out of that coffin. Just call on my name. The Bible says if you say a quiet whisper to Jesus, watch him come to your aid. And Jesus is running to you in a collision course to say I'm getting ready to destroy that burial box that you've been put in and I'm getting ready to take the limits off of you. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God. We're going to take the limits off. We're going to take the limits off. We're going to take the limits off of church. We're not going to box church in anymore. We're not going to tell the body of Christ this is what it must look like, feel like, and be like, and act like. Lord, in Jesus' name, you are the head of this body. You are the groom of this bride. And you will tell us how to adorn ourselves, dress ourselves, walk ourselves, act ourselves, and be the procession of God in the earth. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you're ushering in the authority of the Holy Spirit with the bride of Christ. And Lord, I thank you that we're taking the limits off. And Lord, I, I pray that there are many right now who need to say, Lord, forgive me for treating you like a jack-in-the-box. Forgive me for winding you up only when I need you. God, forgive me for treating you as a vending machine. Forgive me for treating you as only something I need when it's emergency or when I want you. God, you're going to show up, Lord, when I need it, even when I don't know it. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that you would forgive us forgive us we're not going to treat you like that anymore this collision course is going to destroy a lot of things our life is not going to be one of them but the barriers we put up will the limitations are going to have to be burned it's coming off and if I could just speak prophetically as you pray with me I think on the other side of this is God is saying, I'm taking off the limitations that the enemy has put on my body and my bride. And I'm going to let the body of Christ grow exponentially, take the limits off and barriers off and let it expand exponentially and let it continue to thrive in a whole new way and let it do the unconventional, the unpredictable and let miracles, signs and wonders follow those who follow him. And I thank you that you're taking the limits off of Flagstaff. You're taking the limits off of the body of Christ in northern Arizona, in the state of Arizona, in the United States, and around the world. And I pray that revival would break out where others say we got to have a procession of a funeral of misery and sorrow. Jesus has showed up because now it happened that Jesus said, now I've come and the procession of faith is come. The procession of life has come. The procession of joy has come. And Lord, God is saying right now, it's time to start celebrating. It's time to start praising him. It's time to start thanking him like they praised him in the fire. That even though we may be in the test, you inhabit the praises of your people and you will do the miraculous even in the worst messes. And the thing that we thought was a setback is actually a setup. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that you're setting us up powerfully, mightily. And Lord, I thank you, God, you're going to do a tremendous work. And for every person out there who wants to rededicate their life to Jesus, give their life to Jesus. If that's you, I want you right now to close your eyes, bow your head in reverence, because the procession of the Holy Spirit is coming into your life. 
And the Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, that's when salvation comes. And there are many right now who are about to rededicate and dedicate their life to Jesus. And I want everybody under the sound of my voice to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Come on, give him some praise. Come on, get excited. In fact, I'll give you more reason to clap your hands because I don't feel like everybody's clapping. But I want to tell you this. This is some of the exciting things that's happened since Easter and Palm Sunday in the last couple weeks. We have seen over 20 people get baptized in Jesus' name. We have seen over 45 people give their life to Jesus. Come on. The body of Christ is not dead. The mission is not canceled. We've still got a mandate of Christ on us to collide with the gates of hell. And guess what? The gates of hell cannot prevail against you because that collision of faith always wins. And I'm thankful for the collision that took place in my life. Aren't you? Gosh, let's just give God another praise. Awesome Sunday. Uh, my wonderful wife, why don't you come up and join me? We're going to declare this declaration with you, and then we have a closing piece for you, so don't, don't click out just yet. And in fact, if you're tuned in in the middle, or you tuned in at, at, during my message, or now at the end, rewind when we're done and watch the whole thing through, because you need to receive all that God has for you, and you're going to miss out. Maybe you need to wait till the kids are asleep or more docile, and then listen to it again. But whatever you need to do, do what you got to do to receive what God has for you. Thankful to be with you today. Let's declare this together. Man, what a powerful uh, word. Sorry, I wanted to say so many things, but wow, what a word. Let's declare this over us today. Amen. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen, Bridge Church. We love you. We bless you. We are so glad you joined us today. If this message spoke to you and you made a spiritual decision, we would love to connect with you. You can do that by sending us an email to info at wearebridge.church and let us know the steps you took. And also, if you're new to our Bridge Online Church family, we have a gift for you. So if you could email us to info at wearebridge.church, we'd love to get your information so we can send you that gift. We're so thankful that you worship with us today. And remember to stay connected because we're so much better together. We'll see you later, Bridge Church. Well, there was no